between the cherubim shine forth. You dwells between the cherubim shine forth. You dwells between the cherubim shine forth. tonight we thank you for your mercy and thank you for your loving kindness towards us for that we simply that we exalted lord in jesus name Amen. our heavenly father we just want to give you thanks tonight for your mercy we want to give you thanks for all that you are doing for all that you have done we want to give you thanks for that which you are yet to do which you will do in us father we want to Give you thanks, Lord, for that which you are currently doing in our midst. We say, be that we exalted, Lord, in Jesus' name, our Heavenly Father. We just thank you and thank you Amen. and thank you. We can't thank you enough. So we just say thank you tonight. Amen. We say, be that we exalted, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Lord, we pray tonight that as we go into the Word, we ask for your mercy. We ask, Father, for help tonight to fetch your thought, even to go into the teaching of your word in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, I will pray for every heart tonight, Lord, that you will help us with meekness to hear you tonight in the name of Jesus. Father, the right meekness needed for understanding, Father, we ask that you will breathe it in us in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, I will pray for help tonight. Father, we know that there is nothing we can do without you. There is nothing we can do without your help. Because we are not sufficient of ourselves. You are our sufficiency. Father, we know that you are the spirit. Oh, you are the spirit of the Lord. You are the spirit that brings good tidings unto us. We ask, Lord, that you grant us help into your thought tonight. In the name of God. We ask that you will supply your spirit Enough for us tonight to gain access into your word, even by your mercy, in the name of Jesus. Father, we pray, O oh Lord, for each and every one of us, Lord, that you would open us up to receive afresh from you, in the name of Jesus. Father, show us mercy tonight, and Father, I come under you tonight, by the unction of your spirit, I submit myself under your unction, under your spirit, under your teaching spirit. You want to teach us again afresh tonight in the name of Jesus. Father, we pray, O oh Lord, that you will show me mercy tonight. Have mercy on us. Have mercy on me. Father, I come under you and I submit myself totally to your spirit, totally to you, to yield myself to you, my vessel. I pray, O oh Lord, that you would use my vessel. You want to speak your word tonight in the name of Jesus. I come under totally under, by your spirit, in the name of Jesus. Father, thank you because we know you have answered our prayer and you have heard us tonight. We give you all the praise for in Jesus' mighty and precious name, we have prayed. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. 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 I welcome everyone here tonight. Uh, can you just say hello to your neighbor? And give a, a loving smile to your neighbor. Amen. And tell your neighbor you are welcome tonight. 
You are welcome to the Lord's blessing tonight. And I'm happy to see you. And I'm happy to see your face. Make sure you're not frowning. Make sure you are smiling. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. How many of us are ready for the word tonight? Amen. So tonight, um, I think we're just going to go straight into the word. I don't think I have any any prep talk. <laughs> Amen. Amen. I don't have any prep talk tonight. And I believe the Lord has shown us so much mercy in these past few weeks. Um, let's all open to the book of Romans. Chapter one, Imikata Veni Mushia, Erisusafenima, Erigata, Erigata, Messina Maha, Emaragata, Emaragata, Vesisufeni Masita Fenima, Ereno Sidaka, Eredata, Eredata, Emanjuani, Erisusufeni Mashima Kariata, Enzeja, Emajefa, Erdaka, Osimita, Emitovi, Emitopana U. Imitapa, I prasio finema. Open, 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 open. Imisifini, ifini, oh, oh, open. Imisit open. Omiti si open. Imisi si open. Imisi open. Imiti, imuti open, open, open. Imisi open. Mo open, open sifa. Imiti open, um open. Imiso oho ho hapa tesifa. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Are we all there yet? We are there? Amen. So we'll read from the book of Romans chapter 1. And I'll read from verse 1 and I'll stop. You know what? Uh, maybe I'll jump from verse 7. Um, and I'll read to verse 16. It says, To all that be in Rome, beloved of God, called to be saint, grace to you and peace from God, our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. First, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for you all, that your faith is spoken of throughout the whole world. For God is my witness, whom I serve with my spirit, in the gospel of his Son, that without ceasing I make mention of you always in my prayers. Making request, if by any means, now at length, I might have a prosperous journey by the will of God to come unto you. For I long to see you, that I may impart unto you some spiritual gift, to the end ye may be established. That is, that I may be comforted together with you by the mutual faith, both you of me and you. Now I would not have you ignorant, brethren, that oftentimes I proposed to come unto you, but was led either to, that I might have some fruit among you also. Even as among other Gentiles, I am debtor both to the Greeks and to the barbarians, both to the wise and to the unwise. So as much as in me is, I am ready to preach the gospel to you that are at Rome also. Verse 16, See, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. 
For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. Amen. 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 Um, I think I read verse 18. It says, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 So I'm going to just talk about verse 17. Say, 16 to 17 actually. It says, for, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. Amen. Amen. I'm pretty sure we are, well, let me be meek. I'm not sure how many of us uh, have, have you know, seen this verse, but I'm pretty sure that one way or the other, you would have heard it, right? I mean, especially, especially well, if we have been in church for a while, I mean, this verse is, is very common. Also, if you've been listening to the Word of Righteousness, this verse is, uh, is a very common verse. Now, I know that where we stopped, or I'll say, spiritually, we've been um, around the, the premises of faith of the Son, and God has helped us to just go around it, lay foundation with regards to faith, and also move up and begin to lay foundation also for the life of Christ. Amen. Which is the faith of the Son. So these are the things that we would uh, encounter when we are learning Christ. Amen. Amen. And with regards to the faith of the Son, one thing that we've been able to establish is that the faith of the Son is alive. Amen. The faith of the son is what? Is a life. And it is very, very important that we see it that way. Amen. And God helped us to also even talk about some questions around the difference between just faith, faith towards God, and also faith of the son. Amen. And in doing so, uh, I believe God has helped us in understanding that area a little bit. I'm not sure if it's fully, if it's something we fully, fully, fully understand yet. But I believe that as we begin to journey further and we begin to journey line by line, God will help us to break these things open. Amen. Praise the Lord. Uh, one thing that we should note here is that aspect of the word. I say it is life. Amen. Now, the reason is because when we talk about God's life, it's not something that anybody can just look, see, and then begin to fetch and just begin to use to live. Amen. Amen. Now, when we get born again, the life of God that is given to us is resident in our spirit. And I mean, and the first life that heaven gives to a soul is actually the life of Christ. Amen. Amen. Now, but that life is something that is resident in the spirit is not yet something resident in the soul. I mean, I'm, and I'm, I'm sure that when I make statements like this, it's no longer shocking to us when I say that. Or is it shocking? 
is not. Well, I think we've been able to explain the reason why something can be or a life or some deposit of God can be in the spirit, but is not yet in the soul, right? Amen. And we know that what heaven wants to help us to, to do is to, in a way, fetch the life that is in the spirit to become a reality in the soul. Amen. So the gospel that is preached about the new creation reality is a true gospel, but it's not complete without journeying further. Amen. Now, the new creation reality is a reality of the spirit, which, in a way, we can claim in our soul. Right? But when you say claim, I mean, you're just almost like speaking about it, but the way God gives life to us, right, is not by claiming it is there and it is there. Now, what, when we claim and we proclaim, what we are really doing is telling ourselves of a provision that is there in our spirit. Amen. Amen. So when we begin to confess the word of God, what confession is doing is to really get the word to be a, re- a reality in our soul. Right? Mm-hmm. But getting it alone or med- uh, claiming it, meditating and you know, just confessing the word alone is not enough for inheritance. And those confession has limitations to what it can address. Amen. In the sense that, you know, most of the time when we confess, we just get the word into us. And maybe sometimes we have issues. Maybe we are doubting ourselves. We now meditate, meditate until the word gets in us and then we get confidence. Yes, I believe in the word. Amen. It's not as if the thing is not there yet. It's already, everything God has given us, has given it into our spirit. Right? Is still for us. Right? So there's some there's some level of those things we can access by the Spirit. Amen. Amen. And um, the milk of the word really is about grind, grounding us in the truth concerning the things that God has given to us. Amen. Because Amen. Yes, you, know, you know that there's, there's a whole lot of things we've learned in the past that is not necessarily the, the truth. Right, yes, some of us don't even have faith, that's why you know we need to start learning, or let's say the things we learn about faith mm. is some, somehow mixed with things mm. concerning uh, mm. traditions, yes, sir. Right, yes. concerning traditions, concerning mm-hmm. uh, what else do we know? That, but one of the things that I know for sure that is that, I, that sometimes I mixed with Christianity is tradition of men. You know, for example, in our house, and they'll tell you that, oh, I'm just saying for example, see, they can tell you in our house, right? You don't carry, you don't carry, uh, you don't carry a bride into the house when you get married. You don't carry the bride with face front. You carry them with back, right? And then, even as kids, when we get, when we get, uh, when we get born again, you can even, Attach such things to Christianity in such a way that ah, that's a bad sign. I would never, never uh, go backward. It's forward ever. You know, all kinds of things, different things that we associate right with Christianity. A whole lot of beliefs, but it's not really, really what Christianity is about. And God needed to clean all those things away, and that is part of the reason for the provision of the Holy Spirit, right? To cleanse all those things. Now. 
a newborn believer, right, has many things they need to be cleansed from, which the world, the make of the world is for, right? So at that instant, the life of God has not yet started visiting a soul. Amen. When we are in milk level, or we are beginning to learn the milk of the world, what we are learning really is the Holy Ghost. Amen. Excuse me. It's the Holy Word, the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit. Amen. And when we are learning the Holy Spirit, right? Holy Spirit is Holy Spirit is life. But Holy Spirit has not yet started giving life to a soul. Amen. So when we get born again, we receive the the Spirit, right? We receive a measure of the Spirit, right? And we need more of the Spirit. And you now notice that the Holy Spirit is not called life. Check scriptures. When they are talking about the Spirit of life, they are not talking about Holy Spirit, right? That although, let me make it clear, although the person that will eventually start making sure that life is deposited in a soul is the Holy Spirit. Amen. Now, where life, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit <laughs> is a provision for to get life. Amen. Is what enables us to get life. Amen. Amen. So when we get born again, there's nothing that there is there is there is a measure of God's life that is in our spirit, right? But the measure of God's life in our soul is not the same as the measure of God's life that is in the spirit given. Amen. Now, and when you talk about life, you can't talk about life without living it. Life, oh, honestly, I don't have the word to explain this thing to you, but I guess this is simple enough. In the sense that, when you talk about life generally, right, there is, there is something that, that by the time, let me say, by the time that life is expressive, it, what you call it is living. Does that make sense? Yes, sir. When you say, I am living, they will ask, what are you living? I'm saying, I'm living a life. Or I'm living my life. Right? Yeah. And then you hear the word, you only live once. YOLO. Amen. Amen. And you now realize that what people call life has a lot to do with what they do. Right? Yeah. So when a man is trying to interpret what life is, they can't interpret it outside things they do or what is of value to them, right? So, for example, when you say, ah, how, how, are you enjoying your life? Oh, yes, ah, I'm enjoying my life. Ah, are you enjoying your life? Oh, yes, I, right now, I'm making millions. Now, to them, what life is, is making millions, having money in their bank account. So, to that kind of a show, what life means is having a lot of money. But when you now ask questions further, it's not just all about having a lot of money. It's actually having a lot of money to do a lot of things. Right? Because when they have a lot of money, they say they buy a house. They buy cars. They buy biz- different businesses. They invest. And then, eventually, to be able to afford a kind of lifestyle. I don't even know. I don't know if I have what to exp- explain this thing. I'm not too good in English. 
But the thing is, when you talk about lifestyle, right, is a style of life. And you know, there are many lifestyles. So, for example, there's a lifestyle of somebody that likes to live extravagantly, right? And, and the funny thing is that lifestyle is not limited to certain people. Anybody, any, whether you have money or don't have money, you can define or you can define a kind of lifestyle you want to live. Amen. Amen. So it's a style of life, meaning, ah, what style? The manner, manner of living. Let me put it that way. Amen. So pretty much what they do, what they, what they eat, what they, how they buy, the way they are buying it, the, the value of what they bought, all those things can mean life to people. But when they now break things down, they began to ask for that question. They, now, they themselves, later, they now realize that what is life really, 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 it's not all those things. But those things, they don't actually have an answer for it. And in trying to answer to what they call life inside, is what gets people to do all kinds of things, whether rich or poor. But what they attach life to really eventually is what makes meaning to them. Right? But that thing called life is something that the soul understands. Right? And you can't understand that thing called life without moving into the spirit. Amen. So when you talk about life, when you talk about life, life Try to explain, but I don't have a chance to explain it. Hi, the way I'm seeing life, I'm seeing life, I'm seeing just a substance, things that can be deposited in the soul. Life is a, is a, is a man of living. Does that make sense? Amen. So, what I'm saying is this when a soul has come into a measure of life, a soul can't do anything but to live that life. So what souls use or express is what you call life. So now, when a soul expresses anger, what that soul is expressing is a kind of life. Amen? When a soul is expressing love for things, what that soul is expressing is a kind of life. When a soul is expressing lust, what that soul is expressing is a kind of life. Amen. When a soul loves to have money, what that soul is expressing is a kind of life. Hmm? I'm not saying a soul, because I know when I go into territory of money, everybody you want to cringe. Right, because I don't know why whenever preachers go around that money, they think that this man is being poor. Yeah, now, I'm not saying it's so needed to be poor, I'm just saying there's, there's a way you can have love for money. In short, many all, all souls have that love until God begins to cleanse that soul, right? Even to some that think they don't love money, just let, let, let a need arise, then you know that there's potential for love, amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. So, what we call life, really, is 
is what the soul expresses. Amen. Amen. Because what the soul uses is life. Amen. Amen. So when we when we are expressing certain desires, certain loves, certain emotions, like so, so sometimes we just get angry easily. Not just easily. Maybe we just get angry. We express anger. You know that one. I think we can relate to that a lot, right? What imagine that thing that just happened when we just ah get angry? Those things that happen are actually an expression of a kind of life. Amen. And all those life are not the life of God, neither the life of Christ. Now, that life of Christ is actually a foreign life to the soul. Why? Because Satan has done enough work by replacing God's life in the soul from the beginning with another kind of life. Amen. So from the beginning, the, the fathers, they have a life they used to live. Adam, he was using the life inside him to live even after the fall. Right? Yes, but he has, he has acquired something. It's a life. You notice that Adam was not living the way everyone else were living. It's, a, it's to tell you a quality of life. Then, when Adam... Right? Past. He gave it, oh, before he passed, he gave it to sons, of course. But let, well, they, they moved past the life of Adam. They began to talk about his sons. Now they realize that certain people were beginning to do certain things that were not there from the beginning. The first expression of a different kind of life was when Cain slew his brother. When he did that, he expressed a different kind of life. That is actually a son that he has, he has inherited or he has given expression. So another kind of life. But you wouldn't see that in Adam because Adam was still using the kind of God kind of life that he inherited from the garden. Right? Yeah. Then check further. In Genesis 6, now that time, man has broken through into another kind of life or another way of living. Amen. Amen. They are no longer living the life that God gave them from the beginning. The quality of life, that's, 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 that's the scripture giving us markers of change, how, how life has been changing. Then I notice that it kept changing, kept changing. Noah came, God erased, because of the evil that was on earth that time, God had to erase men, left Noah. Out of Noah, they had three sons, Right? Life of God in new measure were having expression. Then all of a sudden, not all of a sudden, I mean Ham, he was one that received curse. And then what happened? He began to express another, another kind of fine expression. So that life continued. Those things are signs of what Satan is doing in the souls of men. Meaning he's replacing a life, a manner of living, of expression that God originally designed. Amen. Now imagine men living since that time till Jesus came. Wow. Now imagine what kind of life must have been. Even though not every form of God's life has been erased, almost all were gone. And kept declining even till today. The fact that Jesus came, 
died, rose, went back, did not stop it. Amen. That is why today we can see in our community where everybody, even goat can marry goat now. I know that that's not my... <laughs> but you get, what I, you get what I'm trying to say. Eh? Nobody can accuse me that I said something. I just said goat can marry goat. <laughs> Amen. But the thing, the truth is that if you look at, if you want to know how bad the kind of manner of life has become, just look at what men are doing. Amen. Now, Jesus coming, dying, going back, actually made a provision to stop that life, right, that has been finding expression in its cause. But it's not going to stop it for everyone at once. It is to them that believe. Amen. Amen. It's, the only people that will stop that life in its, in its, in its a progression and have the ability to live another life are those that believe. And those are the ones that the scripture referred to are them that they gave power to become sons. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. So can, um, what I'm trying to do is just paint a picture of a kind of life or to show what life means or is. I'm not, I don't think I really, really define life, really. But just in a way to make us see how life is expressed. Why am I saying this? Because I have to tell us how the just must live. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Amen. Amen. So here, in verse 16 it said, I am not ashamed for I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and to the Greek. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. Now, the faith that they're talking about here is the faith of the Son. What the just live by, right, is the faith of the Son. Now, this scripture says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Say gospel. gospel. Now, when you say gospel of Christ, they're talking about the, the, the preaching of Christ. Gospel means good news, right? It's good news, right? Now, the gospel of Christ that they're talking about here is not the gospel that you heard when you first believed. This is not the gospel of your salvation when you first believed according to Ephesians 1. Amen. Now, the gospel they are talking about here, because that one that got us born again, is also a gospel, right? But it is not the gospel of Christ. It is the gospel that talks about Christ. Or, not just Christ, that talks about Jesus. That one is actually the gospel of Jesus, right? That gets an unbeliever born again. So when you preach Jesus to a soul, Right, you are preaching the cross, you are pre- preaching repentance. Right, it get it can get a soul born again. But when a soul gets born again, it needs to learn another gospel because that gospel is not what is readily available. Amen. 
Now, even that, you notice it was put as I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, right? Now, because importantly, most importantly, Paul was the one that the gospel of Christ was committed to. Amen. Amen. Now, when the disciples, right, received the spirit in the book of Acts, right, on, in, the, in the upper room, what happened to them, right, is that they received the name of Jesus, right? They received Holy Ghost. They are operating Jesus. Because you notice, you notice when they were healing, they said, in the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. What they were using is the name of Jesus. Or what they were using is the operation of Jesus. They've not added Christ to it yet. It's not yet Jesus Christ. It is Jesus. Amen. Even though they might say, in the name of Jesus Christ, rise up. What they are really using is that Jesus, not the Christ. Because Christ is a doctrine. Wow. Is a teaching. Is a manner of life. Amen. Amen. So, the apostles were using Jesus, right? They were talking about Jesus. They were healing the sick with Jesus. They were raising the dead with Jesus. Amen. Amen. But they've not come into the knowledge of the gospel of Christ. Because in all that they were doing, you notice that what was happening was adding to the church. Adding to the church. Right? Imagine after they received the Holy Ghost. What happened? Like almost like 5,000 was added to the church. I think I'm I don't think I have liberty to go there and read it yet. Amen. Yeah. But I don't do we all know the story? No? Yeah. We all know the story. It's not like all of us. It's not all of us that know the story. Amen. Yeah. The Lord. Yeah. Who does all know the story? Okay. Let's read it. Let's go to I'll just read it. I think I'll read it quickly. Now in verse, Acts chapter 2, right? Um, So when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all in one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven, as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire, and it sat upon each of them. Amen. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. says, And they were dwelling at Jerusalem, Jews, devout men, out of every nation under heaven. Now when this was, and this was noised abroad, the multitude came together and were confounded because that every man heard them speak in his own language. And they were all amazed and I would say one to another, Behold, are not all these which speak Galileans? And now here we, every man in our own tongues, wherein we were born, right? And then let's say, let's go further. I'll quickly jump. Um, Peter started speaking with boldness, right? Later. Uh, and then let's move quickly, quickly to verse. 
Mm. Amen. Amen. I'm just speeding up. I'm quickly jumping verses because I don't want to take time to read all of them. Mm. Amen. I don't know when I'm watching when I don't find it. But it's towards the, the end of the verse. But uh too fast. It's right there. So around that area. Amen. Amen. All of us, so none of us know the exact verse. About what? About the number. The number, yeah. Mm. Let's see. What do you see? So, okay, it's not in that chapter. Mm-hmm. It's in a different chapter. Which chapter is it chapter at? Four. Is it chapter four? Yeah. Okay. No, I know after, okay, in this chapter two, Peter spoke to them and they asked, What shall we do? And I said, Repent and be baptized. No, pretty much, you your life to Christ. In verse four, then what did he say? Chapter four, verse four, that's when he talked about 5,000. Mm-hmm. Yeah, four, verse four. Uh-huh. It says, "Out of it, many of them which had the word believed, and the number of men was about five thousand. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's what they were saying then about those that gave their life to Christ. I think in chapter three, there's some event about uh, you know some people that they were sick that they had to heal. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in verse four, it says, and as they spake unto the people and the priests and the captain of the temple and the Sadducees came upon them, being grieved that they taught the people and preached through Jesus." The resurrection from the dead, and they laid hands on them and put them in hold unto the next day, for it was now even tide. Howbeit, many of them which had the word believed, and the number of the men was about five thousand. I can see in verse two that it says they preached through Jesus, right? They preached through Jesus. So the preaching of Jesus got people born again. Right, then if you continue reading further in the book, there are plenty there. What you begin to see is how people were added to the church, but you won't see that they were growing now. Because when we do evangelism and we and people get born again, they are not grown, they are babies, even though anybody that has been in the church. For a long time, but it's not yet born again. Because it's possible for you to be going to church and you're not born again. 
right? Yes. It doesn't matter whether you've been there for 30 years. The day you get born again, you are, you are just a baby, right? So, that doesn't, it doesn't mean that because you have been in church for 30 years, that counts as automatic growth for you. Why? Because everything you've been doing, even though you've been going to church, doing church things, praying, right? <laughs> you know, but you see, you're not born again. You, you literally haven't started growing. Because growing does, is not, when you talk about growth spiritually, it's not about how much I attend church. I'm serving here and there, right? Growth, although that uh, that helps your growth, right? So it's not as if doing that is totally useless. Yeah. That helps your growth because those 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 activities are the beginning of things you should learn as a believer, like submitting to authority, like loving your brethren. Those are things you do right and learn while growing up. Amen. Yeah. But th- those things themselves. Don't speak about your inward or upward growth spiritually. Amen. Amen. So there is, now when we get born again, what we really do mostly is horizontal growth. You're not going up. Right? And you can keep growing horizontally and go giving wide, 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 wide without going up. But because you are going wide and wide, wide, you can have a sense of growth spiritually, but no. And anything that grows doesn't grow horizontally. Does it, that, check it. It's a law of growth. Trees that grow, grow upward. Right? What else grow? Human beings grow. They grow up. In, in every normal human being grows up. Now, even goat animals, they grow up. Even though they might, you might have a goat that, that is four-footed, Right, you know, because they they are wide in a way, you might think maybe they, they, they still grow up because when you, they are small, they are different height. When they are growing, they grow up. Their height increases. Now, every the a sign of growth in the spirit is when height is increasing. Amen. But height doesn't increase by doing things. Eh? By 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 height in the spirit don't increase by praying. Amen. Amen. But prayer is needed for you to grow. I hope I'm not confusing you. Now what what I'm saying is that you need to pray. But don't think because you are praying, you are growing. And here again, don't think you know sometimes a sign of growth for somebody is that they can pray five, ten, twenty hours. Now, why it is good to pray for a long hour, you need to understand why you are praying for a long hour. But because you are able to pray for a very long hour, doesn't mean you are grown. You can, in short, you can be able to pray for 10 days straight, but it doesn't mean you are grown. But that prayer you did for 10 days straight can facilitate your growth. Does that make sense? Yes, so you not know that you know so because I, I think this, this is an idea that we have mm. at least for me while I was growing up, right? To me, a sign of growth, right, is that now I used to pray five minutes. I want to be able to pray ten hours. 
And something is at the back of our mind. Because we know that if we're able to do that, we'll be able to enter some kind of power in God. Mm. Our, our, our goal is power. But that is not growth. But is power wrong? No. That's actually already available to you. Once you get born again, Jesus says, all power in heaven and earth has been given unto me. Eh? Again, I encountered Jesus. Jesus told him, See that the moment I no, no, resurrected, see that power that I said in heaven and earth has been given to me, I give it to the church. Oh. When I was teaching believers authority. Mm. So if he has given that power to the church, it means that mm. if you get born again today, that power is available to you. Mm. You just need to know how to access it. Then there's a way Holy Ghost can also grow you, make you aware of certain gifts and things that you that you can work with in the spirit. Amen. Amen. Now, but that mentality, maybe this generation does not used to think that way. But in our time, we used to believe that if we can pray for ten hours, we have grown spiritually. Oh. And because we know that there are things tied to that, like saying you are built prayer, and then because you are in prayer, there's a mighty everywhere, and then you can heal the sea, can you have? Then when they ask you, ah, there are things I did. I, had to, I was praying for five days straight. Now, does that mean that I'm condemning that? No. In short, as a newborn believer, how, what you should be learning is how to pray long, how to read your Bible for a long time. You should be able to do that naturally. Amen? Amen. But those things are not exactly what God is about. But those things can make available things to you that can allow you to grow up spiritually. Amen. So when we get born again, we begin to learn, begin to learn, begin to learn, begin to learn scripturally, right? We begin to learn how to serve, learn how to you know, always go to church because you do not forsake the gathering of the brethren. Learn all those and then serve means you come under authority, right? That means some, there's some level of meekness, right? In serving, right? All those things are nature's things that everyone should find in you if they want to increase you. Yeah. All those things are what sums up to your faith and love for the saint. Oh, you don't think so? Right? Everything you are doing, eh? coming under authority, serving, loving your brethren, right? Serving others. Those things adds up to faith and love towards the saint. Amen. Amen. So those are the that's and those are the first no. Ah! Amen. Those are the first. Those are the first things. We learn. I don't know. Sometimes it takes a while to bring to just build foundation. Eh? I've not really entered the thing I wanted to teach you. Just building foundation. I guess I, it's easier to, to explain all these things. Although I feel like I'm going up and down, going in circles. Is it, does it make sense to you guys? Are you guys blessed at all? Yeah, I feel like I'm going up and down, left and center. Mm-hmm. I started with life and now I'm talking about growing up. Amen. Mm-hmm. Praise the Lord. So, when we started learning right when we get born again and we started learning the name of jesus like you know this apostle we're praying you know, there's addition 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 five thousand added but check the rest where growth really begins right 
is when you begin to hear statements like, and the word increased. Wow. Right? Now, when you now check that stage, where you begin to hear the word increasing, right? The word increasing is not talking about them being able to preach for a long time. No. It's talking about a kind of word that is increasing. That kind of word that is increasing is actually the word of Christ. Which is about the teachings of Christ. Right? And you now notice that it is Paul that brought it forth. Before Paul, you didn't hear any statements like that. But you can hear statements like, and they gave themselves to prayer and the word. Amen. Now, of course, even there, just to clear that, let me read it in verse 7, right? Act 7. No, let me learn it. It's six actually. Amen. Now, in this chapter six, I need to explain because they mentioned the word, because I remember they mentioned the word increased here as well. You notice in this chapter six, right? In verse six, let me read it. So, whom they set before the apostles, and when they are prayed, now this is after. They have taken the seven, right? That they ought that is filled with the Holy Ghost, right? Full of faith, of honest report. Now, and we know that we've mentioned that these guys are those those these guys are those that have grown in the milk of the word to the point where they are ready for the next level. They've increased in faith. Now now says, okay, in verse 6, let me go to verse 7. says, and the word of God increased. And it says, and the number of the disciples multiplied in Jerusalem greatly. And a great company of the priests were obedient to the faith. You know what it says here? They are still talking about addition. Amen. Amen. Now, it says, and the word of God increased. Now, this word they are talking about here. It's actually the word of Jesus. Right? It's actually the word of Jesus. Now, that, 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 that's saying that it increased. It is, it is in Jesus' sphere. Almost getting to the fullest of Jesus. Right? Whereby they are ready for Christ. So this word that is increasing here is actually the word, is the milk word. Right? You know, milk is also a word. Right? Because it says in Hebrews that though that they that use it milk are unskillful in the word of righteousness, meaning that they are skillful in the word of milk. Right? So they are skillful in the word of milk. So milk is a word. Right? Desire the sincere milk of the word, the sincere milk of the word, that she might grow thereby. So this word that is increasing in this six is actually the milk of the word which is increasing, which has the ability, right, to add many to the body. So when you now say, when you now see evangelism, see the aspect of evangelism is not really, really in growing people up. Evangelism is in adding people to the body. 
But when you add people to the body, you also need to grow them. Yeah. You notice that when you are adding people, you can take horizontal spaces. But see all those people you are adding to the body, you also need to grow them like trees. And I notice that when the scripture is talking about men growing, you're always referring to trees, trees, trees. He's talking about a kind of growth that should happen in a soul. Right? Then you cannot hear also, right, that the fruit you should eat is also from a tree. The fruit, the tree of life. Right? Which bears fruit, one, every month. Bears 12 fruit, right? It's also a tree. So what you... What they are really saying is that they are planting a tree in a soul. And trees don't grow sideways. When a tree starts growing sideways, there's a problem. Yeah. When, whenever you see a tree growing sideways, you'll know that obviously there's a problem. When a tree doesn't grow upward, we know there's a problem. There's a problem. Amen. And for that tree to grow up, you need to fix the problem for that tree to start growing up. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I was hoping I would round up quickly today. But we want to begin to talk about growth upward, right? Then that's when you see in Act 20, or is it 19? In Act verse 19, actually, Act chapter 19, verse 20. I usually I know it's either 20 or 19 because I used to I used to flip the two. It's it is Act 1920. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I do that, but it happens sometimes. And 20 says in verse, if you read it, we're talking whereby Paul began to preach, right? And then this is where Diana, Diana fell. How many of us know Diana? Now, what happened was that Paul was preaching in a in a in a city, right? And in there, the people there they love to worship a god called Diana. And so they go see the ghost meter. Or, or, the people that work with metal, pretty much, is it? Blacksmith or goldsmith? Goldsmith. Metalsmith, let's say, so in summary. So they, they, make, they make sales from making the image of the God. Right? So when Paul began to preach, a lot of people began to throw away those things. So they were not buying. So we know that market is not moving. Money is not coming. So issue. If they were preaching and money is increasing, they would not fight them. So you can tell that also money in a way is also a root of evil. Mm-hmm. It's actually root, it's the root of all evil. Amen. Amen. Then after, let me read from verse 14. I say, and there were seven sons of Sceva, uh, a Jew and chief priest, which did so. And evil spirit answered and said, Jesus, I know, Paul, I know, who are you? And the man in whom the evil spirit was leaped on them and overcame them and prevailed against them, so that they fled unto the house and naked and wounded. And this was known to to all the Jews and Greeks, also dwelling at Ephesus, and fear fell on them all, and the name of the Lord Jesus was magnified. 
and many that believed came and confessed and showed their deed. Many of them also, which used curious at, brought their books together and burnt them before all men, and they counted the price of them and found it 50,000 pieces of silver. So mightily grew the word of God and prevailed. After these things were ended, Paul proposed in the spirit when he had passed through Macedonia and Achaia to go to Jerusalem, saying, After I have seen, I have been there, I must also see Rome. Amen. Amen. So because of time, I'm not going to go into all the details, but you can see what happened there, where Paul said, and the word grew, right? So mightily grew the word of God. Now, the word they're talking about is not just the word of Jesus. They're also talking about the word of Christ. Amen. Amen. They're talking about the word of Christ, which grew mightily. Because what Paul was preaching is Christ. Amen. Now, if a soul would grow upward, right? If a soul would grow up spiritually, that soul must be introduced to the word of Christ or the gospel of Christ. Now, the gospel of Christ must be preached to a soul for that soul to grow upward. Amen. Now, inside the gospel of Christ are all the speakings concerning Christ that a soul needs to come into. You know the gospel is like a news. And you know that you can listen to many, 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 many news. Plenty. Lots of news. Right? Now, it's actually the good news eh, of Christ that contains all the speakings of Christ or all the words of Christ. Now, how do I know that Paul brought this about? Right? It's because it was Paul that God gave the word to. How? Act 22. Is this right? Amen. Amen. Uh, let's read verse. Mm. Amen. In 22 is where he fell. Uh, Amen. Amen. Now, let me go to verse actually 26. Chapter 26, sorry. 22 asks something about, let me not use 22, I'll use 26. Um, well, you know what? Let me read 22 verse 14, then I'll go to 26. In verse 14 it says, And he said, The God of our fathers hath chosen thee, that thou shouldest know his will, and see that just one, and shouldest hear the voice of his mouth. Amen. For thou shalt be his witness, Unto all men of what thou hast seen and heard. And now, why tarriest thou? Arise and be baptized and wash away thy sins, calling on the name of the Lord. Amen. Notice what, the, what I want to put our attention to here is what he said in verse 14. He said, Thou shouldest know his will. Right? And see that just one. That's just one. 
that's just one. Say so that thou mayest know what is will and see that just one. Because not many people are seeing the just one. In short, nobody is seeing the just one. Why? Because nobody, it is the just one that can teach many people to become just so that they can live by faith. Amen. Amen. Now, the reason why that just one is called the just one is because he has already come into a position of being just. When you talk about just, there's something that that thing means spiritually. A just soul is actually, is actually a, is a state of a soul. A soul can be just, but all souls are unjust before they become just. Every soul, before they get born again, is unjust. There is some, when we not get born again, there is something we ought to learn that makes us just. In some degree, see this thing that I said again, there has been some provision of it in our spirit. That is why we can have a stand with God. That is why God can see us as righteous. Not that we are righteous yet. And when we are saying God is seeing us as righteous, it doesn't mean we are righteous. But we should be righteous. Because we can be righteous. Where we have stopped in the gospel is that God sees us as righteous, therefore we are okay. But it's a lie. And it's Satan that made us that way. We are just, yes. It's almost like a safe way for God to allow us to come to him. But we're not supposed to stay there. In that, oh, I'm just, therefore I'll stay where I am. No. It's a reality in our spirit that we need to work on. That will ensure that it becomes a reality in the soul. So, there is the just one. That just one is Jesus Christ. In short, that just one is Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the living God. Inside that, you know, there's many names. Jesus Christ, the living Son of God. Or, does that mean, is that, is that clear? Jesus Christ, the living Son of God. Those are names in Jesus. But all those names marks different stages in our growth vertically to God. Amen. So they called Paul to see the just one. Why? Because if he can see the just one, then he can come into the just life. He can teach the just life. Amen. So there is somebody they call the just one, and that's Christ. And it is his will that he will come to know. Amen. Then let's quickly go to verse 26. Sorry, chapter 26. And, and we'll read verse 14. It says, and when we were all falling to the earth, it's almost like the continuation of what really is actually what happened. That tradition we read is where it talked about the encounter on the road to Damascus, right? He felt Jesus appeared to him. In us, there's something Jesus said to him when he fell. That's what is now recounting in this chapter 26, verse 14. It says, And when we were all falling to the earth, 
I heard a voice speaking unto me and saying in the Hebrew tongue, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. And I said, Who art thou, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus, whom thou persecutest. But rise and stand upon thy feet, for I have appeared unto thee for this purpose, to make thee a minister and a witness, both to these things which thou hast seen, and of those things in the which I will appear unto thee. So delivering thee from the people and from the Gentiles, unto whom I now send thee to open their eyes and to turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan unto God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and inheritance among them which are sanctified by faith that is in me. You now see where Jesus here is talking, this is where Jesus spoke to Paul what Paul will do, which is to begin to teach Christ. That's when Paul now mentioned, I believe in Galatians. You see, Galatians says, when, when he pleased the Father to reveal the Son in me, which means that that Son that I'm talking about is Christ, Christ. to reveal Christ in me. Right? So when he's now saying Christ in me, hope of glory, there are all these things he's saying is to show us maps, road maps. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. A, Christ can't be in you if you've not learned Christ. Yes. Right? Now, you know, notice what I want to pay attention to in this, because this thing we can't talk about all this, this verse and teach it today. I just focus on where I'm going and then hopefully as God leads us, we'll see where we go. Amen. Mm-hmm. When you notice that some of them, some people will receive inheritance. Mm-hmm. It is not them that are born again. You can, you can be born again and don't receive inheritance. Wow. Because, like I said, getting born again is not journey upward. Journey upward, journeying upward is what ensures that you can receive inheritance. We need to grow up to God. And as we grow, we get to places of inheritance in the spirit which we receive. Amen. This inheritance eh, is something that a soul can come into and wear. But before you get there, there are things that ought to happen to you. And I said to this, to, and in, he said, ah, oh my shut up, let me slow, I'm rushing, I'm rushing, I know I'm rushing, I'm rushing. Let me slow down, let me slow down, let me slow down, let me slow down, let me slow down. Yeah, should I, should I, should I slow down? Amen. Because of time, I'm rushing. Hmm? We have all day. Ah, we don't have all day. We're already at night. And there's, there's snowstorm coming. I know, right? Amen. Thank God that the snow is not yet falling. Not yet. Amen. <laughs> so, that, because of that in my heart, I also wanted to speed up so that we can finish quickly. But it's almost like it took me an hour to get to, to get to the to the message itself. No, all this, all the all the things we were saying in the beginning were just gist, like gisting. It's now I'm about to actually enter the message. Amen. It now says in this verse, verse eighteen. Amen. I'm not going to rush. Maybe we may not have time to speak about them later. But sorry, maybe we we'll have time to speak about them later. But 
I feel if I talk about that verse 18 and just move to the end and not talk about the rest, we may not have some some it's a background. But let me say say this. In verse 18 is where Ina began to explain exactly what will happen to, to a believer that that is beginning to think or that is beginning to desire to journey up. Amen. Amen. Now, a, a believer that is ready to start journeying upward, there are certain things that need to happen to that believer. Amen. Amen. First, he said, what must happen to that believer is the opening of eyes. He says to open their eyes and to turn them from darkness to light. Amen. Amen. So there should, there should be a turning. And from the power of Satan unto God, that they may receive an inheritance. So that they may receive forgiveness of sins. Which means that forgiveness of sin must also happen to a soul that will journey upward. Wow. Now, this forgiveness of sins, chapter Acts 26, verse 18, that is the one I'm still reading. Right? It says, and inheritance, it said to, that they may receive forgiveness of sins. Now, you may, you may be wondering, don't I have forgiveness when I get born again? Yes, you do. But the forgiveness of sin they're talking about here, they're not talking about your past sin, things you've done in the past when you were ignorant or when I was ignorant. The forgiveness of sin here, you know, when we get born again, okay, there's something we should understand about getting born again. When we get born again, God forgives us all our sins that we have committed. But there is potential to commit sin in every soul, even though sins that we have committed have been forgiven. It is that potential inside the soul that needs to be forgiven. That what that forgiving really means is actually removal of sin. It's not, it's not the way we think about somebody will forgive you, oh, I forgive you. This forgiveness of sin is to press delete inside a soul. Things that makes a soul to commit sin. So when we get born again, the sin that was forgiven are things we've already done. But you know that when you forgive sin, when you get born again, you, you, still, you still have potential, or I still have potential to sin. When I now do, I'm not saying, God forgive me, and then we stay upon the word that says all our sins have been forgiven. Jesus, we are righteous before God. But there's something that is always making us to do those things again and again and again. Ah, okay, no, I'm, and then all of a sudden we say we are not yet perfect. Why? Because I'm not yet perfect. That's why I'm able to... Uh-huh. But I've asked for forgiveness. God has forgiven me. God can forgive what you did. But there is something in the soul. There is a tendency in the soul that is always enticing men which they can't throw away. That almost as if we are helpless and we just respond to. And then by the time we get ourselves and then realize, ah, we've done something we shouldn't have done. That tendency 
It's what Apple wants to forgive. Amen. Amen. And that is and that is one thing that doesn't go away in milk. Amen. Amen. Says and inheritance. So when a sin is forgiven or when the tendency is removed, then we can come into inheritance. Because we can't inherit God with infirmities. That is why they need to remove sin. Amen. He said, inheritance among who? Among them that are sanctified by faith that is in me. You now notice the statement here. It is sanctified by faith that is in me. What is that faith? The faith that is in Christ is the faith of Christ, which we call the faith of the Son of God, which Galatians 2.20 referred to as the life I now live, I live by the faith of the Son of God. So, it is saying that that's a faith that is in Christ. Galatians 2 also talks about a faith that is in Jesus Christ. So, what they are saying is that there is a faith inside Jesus. Or let's use the word, there is a life inside Jesus. This life or this faith has the ability to make a person just. Amen. Now, before I go there, I need to explain the gospel of Jesus. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Amen. I know I've been trying to explain that gospel of Christ, which is the gospel of the Son, the gospel that you have to be preached for you to start growing upward. Amen. Amen. Now, when that gospel happens, right? See all this thing that is mentioned in Act 26, verse 18. It's all begins to happen to a soul. When the gospel of Christ is preached, what begins to happen? Eyes begins to open. Men begin to turn. Forgiveness begins to take place in the soul. A soul begins to, can then come into inheritance. Amen. Because the purpose of the preaching of the gospel is not so that we can come, we'll preach to you. And then you say, ah, they preach the gospel of Jesus to me. No. The preaching of the gospel is not just in somebody talking about it. Hmm? When, when, the, when Christ is preached, right, that gospel is, um, is a living gospel that begins to follow you everywhere. And begins to preach to you. Yeah. Continues to preach to you. It doesn't stop. Mm. Once you've heard it. And received it. Because you can yes, fight sir. it. Mm. That gospel begins to preach to you. There's a, and there's a way the gospel preaches. So there is the preaching. Which God. Would do by sending men. To preach the gospel. Like he sent, like he sent Paul. Right. It means that in preaching Christ. There is a power. Amen. Amen. That power is the power of God. Right? That power is the power that turns men from the power of Satan to God. In this Act 26, 18, it says, to turn them, right? In verse verse 18, it says, to open the eyes and to turn them from darkness to light, to turn them from darkness to light, and to turn them, right? 
and from the power of Satan unto God. So turn them from the power of Satan. What can turn a man from the power of Satan is the power of God. Which is the gospel of Christ. Amen. Now, how that gospel begins to come to you, right, is the preaching of faith. Which is the life of Christ. No, by now, we are, when we hear the faith of the Son or the faith of Jesus, we know by now that we are referring to a life. Amen. Amen. So, we'll go, to, we'll go to Romans 1 back, verse uh, 16. See, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. The gospel of Christ, which is what is the preaching that a soul can be exposed to. Right? When they want to, when the soul needs to start the journey, there's a gospel you need to hear. It's called the gospel of Christ, meaning the preaching of Christ to you. How does it start? It's by learning faith. Because you notice in that act, it says, by faith, to them that are, to inheritance, right? To receive an inheritance, to them that are sanctified, by faith, that is in me. So it is faith that a man can begin to come into, right? The learning of faith of the Son, which is the preaching of righteousness. Mm. Amen. Amen. So I read it. I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. Eh? You say, for therein is the righteousness of God revealed. Say revealed. 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 What does that mean? It means that without this faith, the righteousness of God cannot be revealed. When you hear the word reveal, what does that what, what, what comes to mind? Hmm? To show. That tells you that without this gospel, if Paul didn't, if God didn't commit this teaching to Paul, and Paul began to teach it, it means that men will not know what the righteousness of God is. Yes, sir. And that tells you and I. That every single thing called righteousness that we know outside this knowledge yeah. is not the righteousness of God. Yes, it is the righteousness of men. Which you can, you know, and the righteousness of men, there are different ways it can come. Philosophy, rudiments of this world, traditions of men. You know, sometimes tradition of men can sound like righteousness. I like? No. It is the tradition of men or righteousness that of men that speaks to men, especially in Nigeria, that if you want to do wedding, make sure it is big. <laughs> and people can't shake off that feeling of trying to do big weddings. It's sometimes God that humbles men, making sure they don't have money to do big weddings. Yeah. They are <laughs> If anybody in Nigeria have enough money, honestly, nobody would do anything small. I lie. And you notice that there's almost as if it's not just peer pressure or anything. It's almost as if everybody's trying to follow suit. It's a conversation. It's a kind of lie. It's a manner of life. The men are living. Then they always want to do it. 
something see it is something that makes people want to do that that is also pushing people to be chasing after money it's the same it's the, it's the same life it's it, that life can express in different ways but it's the same life it's it and i studied it and there's something that life is called it's called the world world and today is not a teaching about the world but there, there are all these things eh, knitted together. And of course, we need to pieces things for us to actually get the understanding, to understand this picture of life, righteousness. But God will help us together. Amen? There are so many things that is already embedded in the life here on earth that we don't even check it to see whether... Sometimes you and I do things that we don't know that it, the way it came from was actually the righteousness of it. It's not God's righteousness. Oh. And then it's after growing up spiritually, later on, I say, how do we even do this? Yeah. Yeah. Why am I even doing this? Yeah. Almost as if without thinking, there are some things that is just diff- by default we just do. No example is coming to mind except you know there's there's a t- but the typical example is this. What tells us what what informs every soul that you go to school? Once you are done, look for a job. When you are done finding a job, make sure you go and marry. When you marry, make sure you have kids. Then teach your, your children the same thing all over. It's almost as if nobody needed to tell you. It just happens. Why do you think that is so? Because a life is proclaiming that life. That thing has become, those things you see, has become righteousness of men. So, to the point that if men see somebody graduated, does not have a job, is a problem to them. And those kind of souls don't have value for a spiritual life. But the true life is not in those things. There's something else that is the value of life is embedded in something. It's actually the life of God that a soul should live on. And you are not realize that, okay, let's assume somebody goes to school, they didn't find a job. Then, and they die. But they are born again. You now realize that they didn't go to hell. And you now realize that that does not matter eventually. Now, does that mean you should not go to school? No, please go to school. Does that mean you should not look for a job? Ah, uh-uh, come on. You finish school, look for a job with what you studied, right? But your value of life, of meaning of life, or, or what you should use to value your, your, yourself should never come from those things. Yes, sir. You can do those things, but you have something yeah. else inwardly that your life is tied to. Mm. And that thing is what should be running everything else. But people struggle when their heart, soul, spirit is not tied to anything else. The only thing that is tied to is natural things. Mm. Things that men call, things that men call things, which God doesn't call anything. Even though men may say, oh, we're not going after those things, you now realize that they actually have nothing else anchored in their soul. When they check their soul, they are actually eventually tied to those things. They may live differently to prove to others that, okay, no, me, I'm not like the rest. But really, it's the same thing. It's still running the soul. Why? Because values, 
sense of achievement is still tied to some of these things somehow. Amen. Amen. But all these things were created by the righteousness of man. You now realize that we have no clue what the righteousness of God is until that righteousness begins to be revealed to a soul. And that and you would never know this thing if you don't learn the life of the son. The life of the son, what it brings is that the faith of the son begins to bring a lot of things to you. Faith of the son. Faith. What does it do? It begins to reveal righteousness to you. So for therein is the righteousness of God revealed. That word revealed is key. Because it has to be revealed. That is the reason for the opening of eyes in Acts Act 26, 18 that we just read. So to open their eyes. That opening of eyes means to allow them to see. When something is revealed means you see it. Right? When something is revealed, imagine what, what you call revelation. It's actually the soul seeing into something else. Yeah. Right? So when something is revealed to a soul, it means a soul can see it. it. It's no longer hidden. It's no longer a mystery. Mm. Right? Mm. So it is revealed to the soul of man. So when it is revealed, all of a sudden the soul becomes an awareness. Oh, wow! I've been living this way before. Ah, oh, no, no, no. I should not live that, that anymore. Mm. Yeah. Ah, I'm trying to round up because of time. It's nine o'clock. Amen. And this happened to me while I was growing up spiritually. Mm. Why? Because even though I'm not pursuing it the way other men are pursuing it, but in a way, I still have at the back of my mind, somehow I'll get a good job and make good money. And somehow, somehow, the value of my life, how I see life, right, is actually through those eyes. Even though I don't have too much money then, and I'm not chasing like other people chase it, I felt I'm okay. But really, I'm not. Because eventually, I'm still tied to those things. Maybe mine is just getting it slower. But my picture and value of life was anchored on those things. So you couldn't separate me from those things. Unlike now that I don't care about all those things. Yes, I, I, if I get it fine, if I don't find that is without Jesus. My, the value of my person is not anchored on those things. Wow. Amen. Yeah. So when I was living that life before I began to learn the fate of the son, I still had value for money, for expensive things. I want to get things, car, house, right? Mm. But all of a sudden, when I began to learn the righteousness of God, and I began to see something different, my eyes were open, and I began to see the true hope of a believer. Hey! Then what did that do? He began to take my gaze off of the earth. Then I began to look to heavenly things. Once we look not at things that are seen, 
a soul that is not learning faith of the son yes, can never yes, do sir. that. Yes, sir. Yes, you sir. can't. You can't stop looking at the things yeah, that are seen. It's mm. we are actually helpless. Mm. Wow. It is another. It is the learning of another life or the learning of righteousness that begin to tilt the gaze of a soul mm. away from that which is seen to that which is not seen. Those things that are not seen are things of God that every soul should see. Every eye should see them. Amen. That is the reason for the opening of sight. Amen. That is the reason what for? For the opening of sight. So that the righteousness of God can be revealed. So why we look not at things that are seen? But are things that are not seen. That scripture is talking about the change of gaze. Every believer that is not yet growing upward has has not started looking at things that are not seen. Because those things are things above. Why? Because there are things beside, beside God. There are the things where Christ is seated. Right? Those things that are not seen is not just anything spiritual. You know? You can say things that are not seen like I call my house forth from the spirit. Though I don't have it, but I'm calling it that. Then you are, we, can, we say that is faith because I am calling that I'm not seen. No, it's not. That's, that's not the faith. That's not how to do it. Amen. It is faith. That begins to reveal things to a soul. Now, when the soul begins to see righteousness, right? What what will begin to happen? The, our our value of life begin to shift. We begin to rearrange our life. We cannot see that the, we cannot see how faith by revealing righteousness can make a man just. A man that is just is a man that has learned righteousness. Amen. So for therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. The just living by faith tells us that faith is a life. Faith is a life that the just live by. Or let me put it this way. Faith or righteousness. Righteousness. When you say faith, faith is righteousness. Right? Because it is true faith that the righteousness of God is revealed. So let's now switch. Let's substitute righteousness for faith in the scripture. It says, For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from righteousness to righteousness. It is in the gospel, right? Of Christ. That the what? That the righteousness of God is revealed from righteousness to righteousness. As it is written, the just shall live by righteousness. So that means there are levels to righteousness. Because we grow from righteousness. To, what that tells us is that upward movement are in, is in stages. It is from faith to faith. Right? And it is by learning righteousness that we become justified. Right? See that we're faith to faith. 
right? Faith to faith means there is a progression. Now, if you go to Romans 5, verse 1, it says, Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, this, you know, I said being justified by faith. That statement, being justified by faith, is a continuous progression of justification. Right? It means that you will continuously be justified by faith. Now, that statement, being justified by faith, really is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. See? Being justified by faith. We have peace with God. It means that being justified by faith can get us to a, a place of peace with God. And what this means is this. That when you say peace, really peace is the end of Christ. So when you said we have peace with God, means that we come to a place where we have acquired peace. We are full of Christ. So we have peace with God. So it's not talking about just that because of righteousness, God is not fighting us. Even though God is not fighting us, there is something in us fighting God. It's sin. That's what they need to forgive. Right? So, so we have that us having peace with God means that we've come into a position whereby when God begins to come to you and I, and begins to give commandment or give com- or have a commandment. Ah, my daughter, my son, don't do this. There's nothing inside us that wrestles with God. Why? Because we and God in that phase are one. The, the life of God is no longer foreign yeah. in us. If the life of God is still foreign to a soul, that soul will wrestle with God. Yeah. That soul cannot be at peace with God. Even though God is at peace with you. If we have peace with God, then God will not tell us, stop, don't don't lie, and then we keep lying. God God wouldn't tell us do not covet, do not do not covet your neighbor's property. And yet we want to we see our neighbor buy a car, we say, ah we too must buy a car. Or we see our neighbor buy a house. Ah! I must buy a house. Those things are signs of chaos. No peace with God. Which is what Jesus now said, my peace I give to you. Now that peace that he says he gives to you is is peace. Is when we have actually come to this point where we are justified by faith. Amen. For I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jews and also to the Greek. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. It means that the just are the ones that are living by faith. That tells you that the just is a kind of a soul. We don't just come automatically to being just. 
It is those that are living by righteousness. You know, we convert faith to righteousness, eh? It is those that are li- What this statement is saying is the just shall live by righteousness. Yes, yes, sir. So those that are living by righteousness are those that become just. Those are the people they call the just. If you are just, what it means is that you're beginning to learn righteousness. Righteousness is beginning to open up to you. And then you are beginning to obey and respond to righteousness. You're able to leave your former righteousness and begin to shift to God's righteousness. When God tells you, no, don't slap your neighbor where they slap you. Or what's that thing? <laughs> no, there's a, there's a common thing that they say in the, in the common word now is leave toxic people. Well, I mean, of course, toxic people is not, it's not a good thing. But you know, there's a, there's a sense with which it is said it is without charity. That they will, they will tell you, if somebody is not helping your life, cut them off. What they are saying to you is run away from righteousness. Why? Because that person that is causing trouble for you and giving you a halal, is actually there to ensure that you grow in Christ. If you can overcome that wahala, you now realize that by the time you are able to overcome that problem that person is giving you, right? You've been able to something something has shifted inside you. You have acquired a nature that is strange to you before, which is no longer strange to you. Amen. Does that make sense? Before you have, you, it is easy for you and I. Just naturally see somebody slap ah that person come on. I can't live with that kind of a person, man. When that person is coming and trying to live with you, even if the person wants to say, Can you please give me water in your house? You'll be wondering, should I even give this person water? You know that some people that can vex us to that <laughs> to that level. The one we even see them, they've not said anything to you, just what they say, but we know that when they ask for water, there are, there's other things coming. And you know. So if you're avoiding eh, water, okay. Ah you know what, don't worry. Um, stay here. There's something to get. Let me quickly get it. Then you get there. You now bring the water to them. You take. Why? You are making sure that they didn't come to your house to drink that water. Because if they come to your house, another wahala will show. Amen. No, no, there's a way hearts can, can make something righteous. For example, let's say you have few, few uh, food at home. And somebody is coming and you know that you have to give them food. But you don't want to give them because inside your heart, you know, that's the only food left. Mm. And maybe God is telling you to work in love. To give, you just give out of it. Ah, you now, you now walk it in such a way that you make sure that they don't come so that you don't give them the food. Mm. You know what I mean? That's, that's, that kind of heart is not really sincere. Mm. No, it's different from maybe the person comes and says, ah, sister, you know, really, to be honest, this is the only food left in the house. Yeah. I don't have anything. Maybe, maybe I can share some of it. Maybe the person can even pity you and say, ah, that's it, oh, don't, don't worry. But we knowing that this food is, there's a way we are tied to it. Yeah. We can work it out, arrange it, and make sure that that person, and the person that you are dealing with will not know that is, you don't know that you have food in here that you are protecting. It's only you that you know that, that, that knows. Yeah? You know, when we're not learning righteousness, that thing may not be a problem. To us, it's like, it's like wisdom. Ah, ah, there's nothing, ah, with that person. Some of us, eh, when, when somebody is coming to visit you, you know, you don't, it's because you don't want to give them food. Sometimes you can greet them by the door. 
Hello, hi. You open door small. And ah, how are you doing? And the person also may have you train. Ah, this person doesn't want me to come inside. No problem, let me go. Right? But the, the person may not even know or think. But you, you know, say there's something inside the house that you're protecting. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Yeah? Different things can cause a soul to do that. Maybe they don't want them to know that they don't have food in the house. Yeah? They don't want to show sign that they are, they are lack. They're in lack. Yeah? Different, all kinds of things could happen. Those things are things that is that is not righteous. But you know we can convince ourselves that doing that is righteous. Amen. But that kind of heart can't that kind of heart is not doing righteousness. But when the heart begins to learn righteousness, what happens is that that soul, upward movement, when it begins, faith righteousness begins, but it doesn't begin immediately. What it begins with is the opening of sight. Because if sight is not enlightened, righteousness can't be revealed. So when righteousness is trying, is getting to be revealed, it means that before we even start uni or learning all these things, what we begin is that our eyes will be open. When our eyes is open, according to Acts 26, 18, to open their eyes, then God can begin to give a soul resources, blessings that can eventually lead to that soul learning righteousness so that that soul can begin to live by faith. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. So we can see now here that the just living that is living by faith are those that are learning righteousness. The faith they are living by is actually is righteousness. So it's not just not that thing we call living by faith. I, me, I just believe things that I don't have. I just believe God for it, and God gives it to me. That's not really what it means by living by faith. That's not what it means to live by faith. Sorry, right? What it means to live by faith is to live by righteousness, because inside faith is the righteousness of God revealed. Amen. Mm-hmm. Lastly, before I close, I do. I just want to ask. Because the way we've understood living by faith is that you believe God for things and it happens. Okay, you tell me now. I want to ask you. Can you tell me that believing God for God to give you a car or a house is righteousness? Is it righteousness in any way? Hmm? When you believe God, God will give me a house. Is that, is that righteousness? And God decides to give you a house. Is that, is that righteousness? I I don't think it's unrighteousness. Well, okay, it's not unrighteousness, but what is it? Exactly. It is faith towards God. You are believing God that God can give it to you, but it is not righteousness. But righteousness means that which is right. When you believe God for a house or a car, it doesn't say anything that is right or wrong there. Does it say? No, it doesn't. But when it comes to righteousness, it, it begins to talk about what God calls right. That one, you can't believe God for things to get it. Mm-mm. God needs to teach you what righteousness is. And the reason for revealing of righteousness. So that revealing means it has to come by revelation. So when we are learning faith of the Son, what begins to come, the first thing they expose you to it's a life of revelation. How to live by revelation. Hmm? It's a training. 
for us to live righteously. Amen. 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 I think I think this is enough for today. I've I've tried. Amen. Any question? I know that even if you guys have questions, you won't ask me today because of this uh, this snow. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Ah, I guess I've tried tonight. I don't know if I've have I been able to help us a bit. Are we blessed tonight? Yes, sir. I feel like I feel like I, I'm, 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 I don't know how, I don't know how I feel. That's the thing. But are we blessed tonight? Yes, sir. Amen. Amen. Let's just begin to thank God, Father. We thank you. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you for your kindness. Thank you for your word tonight. Thank you for teaching us your life, your faith. So be thou exalted in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Father, we thank you for tonight. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you for your love. Thank you for helping us to access your word tonight. We be thou exalted in Jesus' name. Father, we pray, O Lord, concerning that which you've taught us tonight, which is to learn the righteous life. We pray, O Lord, that you continue or you begin to open us up even to this life of righteousness Amen. by your mercy in the name of Jesus. Father, we pray for the opening of sight for this life. Amen. Lord, that everything that you need to do to ensure that we get here be made available by your spirit in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, open our eyes. Amen. Reveal to us your righteousness. Help us to learn righteousness even in your life. In the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Father, we pray, O oh Lord, continuously that you will give us understanding even in these things that you are saying. Amen. By your mercy, in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Father, because you've answered our prayers. Amen. We give you all the praise. For in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. You dwell between the cherubim, shine for. You dwell between the cherubim, shine for. You dwell between the cherubim, shine for.